Blake Law of Blake Law Studios, and you are listening to Fluffy D.O.G., a 40K lore podcast. Make sure to check out and support us at Blake Law Studios' Patreon page. Hello and welcome to Fluffy Dog. That's Fluffy D.O.G., home of the fluffiest furballs in all of 40K. Now, what is this show? This show is a show that is going to be airing twice a month, and we are going to explore different players in the communities who love their faction, and we're going to talk about why they love those factions, the lore, the fluff, everything from A to Z about their chosen team. So what are we going to do? Who's with us today? We have the man, the myth, the legend, my co-host today, who just top-aided LVO, which is not very fluffy, and I'm very upset about it, actually. He is the champion of all Adepticons and all of history. He's won everything known to man. I'm, of course, talking about Mr. Brad Chester. See, I got so psyched up about our first episode that we did Tal that I took Tal to LVO. Did that, did that hype you up enough to want to do it? Was that the reason? I got so hyped, I lured it up, and I crushed. You did take Farside. I did take Farside. I appreciated that. We actually talked a lot about Farside that episode, and then I looked at your list, and I was like, by God, he did it. Told you. Was he good? I was inspired. One of our other guests here inspired me. Yeah. Oh, that was me. That was you, man. I'm, of course, talking about he's back for a second week. He might just become a staple. I'm not sure. But I'm talking about, of course, guest user one. <laughs> That's me. I'm, I'm guest user one. Um, guest I was born one. Uh, first name guest, last name one. Uh, it's <laughs> great to be here. Yeah, I, I'm just proud. I'm proud you're back, man. I'm talking about Will Taylor. But uh, he, he confused me last time. He, he didn't have his name on there. And in the moment, I got flustered and uh, blanked out. So, uh, Will, it's good to have you on, man. Good to I, I think you, you might be the most uh, knowledgeable lore guy in all 40K. Ooh, I wouldn't go that far. There's definitely you're people gonna, that You're going to upset so many people. There's going to be I am, people yeah. right now. It's going to jump out of the seat when he listens to this. goes, you fools, you have forgotten I'm, about me. I would love that. I would love to start a comment war where people talk about how much more they know lore than anyone else. Like If that happens, that would be a great thing for me. I'd be happy about it. I think there's a specific guy in Australia who goes by the name Major Kill who might fly out to Florida and kill me. You know what? Up. I, I want to have him come over. It, that's a pretty expensive trip for Major Kill to make. So I want <laughs> him to roll over. <laughs> so there's a guy in Omaha, Nebraska, and he goes by Terrain Dave. I don't know his real name, but Terrain Dave is what he goes by because he makes all the terrain. He's really good. So I think there's someone out there whose name is like Lore John or something, you know, and his thing is Lore. So if that, that part, I'm going to start calling you Lore Will. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, I, I have like niche pet people that I know a lot about, and that's about it. And I was, well, let's how, talk about one of those today. Yeah, let's which, talk about which it. Which is? The Death Corps of Krieg. I heard Death those guys Corps. had a little bit of a, a falling back a while back. Yeah. If two you or three start, years ago. Let's start from the beginning. In the days of yore, let's talk about the Death Corps and why they are what they are today. They were also also part, you got to remember, they were also, because we had talked about the the Warhammer Plus and we had some Death Corps in the Exodite series. That's right, they did. Um, I want to say that it was like a holdover of, actually, hold on, who worked on Exodite? Because I'm curious if it was the, um, the guy who does do... Deathcore animations. There's a there's a really awesome uh, Deathcore animated uh, thing on YouTube uh, where the guy basically used Unreal Engine to recreate like a um, like a trench siege, a bunch of guys running across the trench and then killing a bunch of heretics, and it was all uh, very similar Deathcore models to the ones that were in Exodite. That's sweet. That's really cool. 
I'll have to try to search for that while we're talking. What's your origin story? That's that's my big because I'm very like I told you before, I'm very deathcore curious, but I don't know a lot. So I think that this is gonna be a knowledgeable one for me who's basically a complete noob to this faction. They're pretty gotcha. hardcore. Or I'm gonna have Will carry the, the mojo for this. But the it, when you're talking guardsmen, I mean the Katie Stans guys will will make some some arguments that they're hardcore, but I think the Deathcore guys are, but they had a, a fairly shady past so they're kind of making up for it they're over when you're commissars well, that, that's the funny thing I mean, we'll yeah. get into the other but i mean like their commissars literally have different roles than normal commissars do that's right because so, they're such psyched up to do stuff that they're mm-hmm. non-krieg people before yeah, we go we'll, forward let's give a general yeah. overview so the imperial guard where are they just like a completely bird's eye view the imperial guard are basically the humans they're like us if we were in 40k they're the best of the best of us whenever so that's like the the old saying goes when you have a normal guy with a flashlight up against you know all the horrors of the universe what makes them i guess uh capable of taking down like a space marine or a tyranid and it's uh, a normal person that goes through maybe i want to say it's like 15 months worth of training while they're being shipped to their location only to last you know, 15 hours on a planet, but like they're supposed to be the, the, whatever we consider our best people, our best, you know, fit people, our best shooters, whatever. That's what makes up the billions and billions of uh, soldiers of the Imperial guard. That's pretty cool. So that's, that's where we stand. They're basically humanities defenders outside of like the basic human dude. No, they're literally the bread and butter. There is such a small amount. Like everybody thinks Marines when they think, the Imperium's fighting force, but the guard just is ridiculously more guard than there is anything else. It's not even close. When was it founded? Was it was it founded back before 30k? Or where do we where do we start with the Imperial Guard? Does it start with the solar auxilia? I don't I don't think it does, does it? In the the way that it is now, it really changed to be honest, Blake, because we started with the Crusades, but they put together Titan Legions and everything else came. But that one I'd have to look up. I'm ready for for Krieg. I'm not. I'm not yeah, I can talk Krieg for sure. But yeah. uh, I, I don't know like where it starts with the the Crusades because I want to say that there were the Thunder Warriors, and then there was the whole Space Marine thing, and to, in order to shore up the you know shortcomings of x amount of legions that you have at your, at, uh, you're ready you had normal humans that kind of worked with every marine legion and then ones that kind of you know you you pick up and and recruit because yeah, every single out. planet have to have a planetary governor and then a defense force and all that so they yeah. had the their original guard wasn't really the original guard it was more like the guys that were behind to do the planet after they left but yeah. now it's just there's there's so many more guardsmen than there is guard is ridiculously everywhere through the human tyranids they just send little termagant dudes at you it's just kind of how we win (laughs) imperial wins because of just pure numbers and the fact that they have regular guys that are willing to take on things that they have no business taking on which is why some of these stories are actually really fascinating because you have me with a last gun standing up to hive tyrants and things of that nature demons from the warp it's a, that's Is that a 2024 project for me? The Bradchester Guard Army? <laughs> Stand firm, my friend. First rank, second rank. Let's do this. 
So tell me, so where does Krieg sprout off of this? So what, what are we talking? How do they get their origin story? So the world, the world of Krieg is located in the Segmentum Tempestus. And what happened with them is um, about 1,500 years um, during the 40th millennium. So after the heresy, but before where we're currently at, there was a civil war. Um, essentially, the planetary governor decided to um, renounce the emperor um and kind of go out on their own and uh what happened since was the the planet essentially there was a, a fraction of the people of krieg that did not want to renounce the emperor they were um embedded in a civil war and so there was uh, nuclear strikes that uh, occurred all over the planet and basically created uh a a total wasteland that they existed on and so um to be above ground was to be hazardous and that's why they have the garb that they have and even after the nuclear strike there was at least 500 years terran years of trench warfare between the people who were supporting the emperor and the people who renounced the emperor and eventually the loyalists came out on top and it's effectively a death world right now it's considered yeah there, nothing grows on it and that's actually uh, that that kind of leads into why how uh, the death core were made right so every planet usually has some sort of tithe whether it be um, mechanical resources weaponry uh food um and in some cases when you're most abundant resources people your tithe is humans for the imperial guard so with nothing to give to the imperium imperium as a whole and with this this sin weighing on the soul of the planet the what the thing that the death core tithe the most is human beings um they have a 90 it's like i want to say it's a 97.5 percent tithe on uh people who grow on krieg so it leaves just enough for uh people to continue living on there to give birth to train new soldiers uh to then send more off to the tithe which is wild because that's so much different than so many of these other worlds. And they're just fanatical now with their devotion, which is crazy. They're, they're, they're space marine levels of fearlessness. The, the regimental motto is in life, war, in death, peace, in life, shame, in death, atonement. Is it because they betray so they feel shame? Essentially, yeah. I mean, they literally, it's one of the, the things, one of the few things, and we're going to, as I said, Will's going to carry carry this episode so hard, but it's one of the few things that I knew is that they, they have different commissars. Commissars are usually just standing there to shoot guys in the head so that no one runs away. In the Death Corps, they actually have commissars that are the go-between between Krieg guys and non-Krieg guys because the Krieg guys are so willing to sacrifice themselves. So they will effectively do crazy actions because of that they're actually looking for that heroic valhallen kind of death which valhallens would be of course a different group of guardsmen but you you know what i'm saying they, they want that like inspirational uh noteworthy death in combat it's actually funny that you, you you do mention that you use the word heroic um in the case of a krieger it's not considered heroic it's considered your duty and, you have uh, yeah, you, you put yourself, you, you put the the overall uh, goal of winning above yourself. It's kind of uh, almost in a way like the greater good. You know, you put the greater good uh, before yourself. In this instance, you put your penance 
you put your your worthlessness into gaining some sort of ground even if it's like infinitesimally small if ground is gained your life was worth it um and it like i had a conversation with somebody um about the death core because a lot of people on the internet like to look at them as oh they're suicidal they they are incredibly excited to die they'll they'll do whatever they can to you know to end their lives but um i would consider them to be the most win at all cost faction um they are willing to expend everything as a resource a bullet a machine a body is all the resource willing to be spent in order to achieve the overall goal of victory they're they're so fucking cool um and now Go with the greater good comment, were you trying to tie this back into Farsight? Because I'm not going to allow that, Will. <laughs> I was tying it back into like, so it's funny, There, there is a lot of like banter between um, Tau and Imperial forces in some of the Black Library stuff where they equate the greater good to um, fanatical, like the, the belief in the Emperor. And of course, every time a Tau does that to an Imperial, they're like, what are you talking about? That's disgusting. I, that's heresy even. I mean, like, there's similarities too, and that's that's why I threw it out there. That's good. But I'm gonna ask what? the first. I'm gonna have to ask the first question here. Sure. Give me the most famous regiment. Um, so there's a couple, but I want to say that the 83rd uh, Krieg Regiment uh, is the most famous one. That was the one that was under command of Colonel Yurton. Uh, Colonel Yurton is famously the uh, person who struck back against the heretics uh, who renounced the emperor um, in the original conflict of Creed. Rocking but, it out. I mean, you could also go with, I want to say, the 143rd um, Siege Regiment. They're the one, no, hold on. It's the 88th Siege Regiment. They're the one who uh, was the most uh, infamous regiment who uh, fought on Vrax. And Vrax is the. I, in my opinion, the most notable conflict that the Death Corps have taken place in. Um, there's a whole Imperial Armor book about it, and if you can find that on the cheap, I would suggest purchasing it. It is filled to that, that rim. Now, that was the 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 siege against Chaos, Chaos led. Yes. Yeah, so the the whole idea behind Vrax, uh, Vrax Prime was an armory world, and there was a cardinal who more or less like was being whispered to by chaos, but he didn't realize it. And so he went on like a great um, faith crusade where he went to many uh, planets and professed uh, his faith and tried to get people to, re to renew their faith in the emperor and join him. And um, they went to uh, Vrax and they hold themselves into this kind of impregnable city. And it was one of those instances where the world was too important to do exterminatus. And so the, I guess, high lords who decided to uh, figure out who they were going to send to to take this guy out decided, hey, let's go with the uh, the siege regiment. We're just going to break their spirit, constantly bomb them. And then uh, as soon as they're, these rabble are broken, we're going to go in and, and take them out. But it turns out the people who were living in Vrax were so hopped up on, on you know, religious juice that they held firm. And what was supposed to be like a like a months long conflict turned out to be 17 years long. I was just about to say, wasn't that, that was like um, the better part of two decades. Yes. Yeah. Siege of Rex. And, it, so and there was just... like a bunch of people that uh, participated in that. It wasn't just the Kriegers. Dark Angel showed up. There was an Inquisitor who ended up showing up. The Grey Knights uh, participated. And on the Chaos side, there was a uh, Korn and uh, Nurgle uh, demonic forces that showed up too. Now, one of the things that, uh, in my eyes, most iconic unit or like, 
in the faction is the Death Riders. Is that what they're mm-hmm. called, the Death Rider Krieg? Yeah. Like, so what's the situation with horses being on this world? Because that doesn't really make a lot of sense. So they're not horses. They they look like horses, but they're like they're kind of like Wolverine. I, I know that's like a really weird connection, but they're they're basically a um a horse like creature who has its bones removed and replaced with mechanical uh, implants, and that's hopped up on um on pain suppressants so that the person who's riding it can hide behind the steed and it just takes punishment after punishment. And uh, just to get the guy to where he needs to go to deliver the, uh, that frag tipped uh, spear into the heart of something. They're more for like scouting. Um, but when they need to make a charge, they do. That's freaking radical. And I love it. I yeah. buy that model. Oh dude, they're it's, awesome. I've got 30. <laughs> it, and that's great. And the thing is, is I love that about them and everything I've seen. And I've actually looked at some of the animation that you were talking about. I I had to look it up while we were talking because I was like, I know what he's saying, yeah. but they, I've seen a couple of them. And the craziest thing is, is that when you're looking at effectively a cavalry charge, when you're a regular guy is so like beyond, like they're also super confident that it's going to work. Yeah. Well, they're not, they're fearless. The, the, it, it has to work. If it doesn't work, then, you know, what's the point? Um, it's actually fun. So like, I, I'm sure both of you know, just by looking at the, uh, the basic soldier that they, are um, find their influences aesthetically from, uh, French and German world war one trench soldiers. Yeah. And so that, that's where a lot of these goofy units come to mind, like the, um, the death riders, because, you know, they were still using cavalry charges during world war one. So that's kind of the reason why like, Oh, Hey, let's give them their own horses. But the idea is that's what they do. What's Which on the wild. tip of their spears? What you you kind of briefly touched on, but what what do they have as their weapon? So much like um, the Rough Riders of normal um, Astro Militarum regiments, the tip of a uh, Death Rider spear is a frag uh, frag grenade. When the the tip hits something, it collapses and sets off the charge, and the frag grenade shoots off uh, in the direction of the person uh, that was on the other end of the tip. Once that's been expended, you can still use the pole to like smack people. And in in Vrax, there is a cavalry charge into some Nurgle, I mean, uh, either demons or um, Death Guard guys. And yeah, they kill some of them, and then they go down swinging these metal poles until they like melt. It's a it's a pretty gruesome way to to go. Which is crazy in the fact that they're again regular dudes. That regular just dudes. Rock out. Yeah. Now, on, on the table itself. Give me, give me a couple of this. Give me a couple of units that are must-haves, and give me a give me some story lore on those units that you have to have. Obviously, we've got the riders. You know what I mean? That are amazing. We'll hit some more stories of them. But give me something that when you put this army on the table, what is it that is one of those go-to units that you have to have because of certain fluff for you? So um, it's a bummer because. The Death Corps no longer have like very unique rules any longer um, because they kind of got rolled into the the yeah, new give way us the, of give us the old stuff because we have sure. a lot so of like because this used to be its own side yeah. guard army that you could play. Yeah, so um, I would say there there are two ones that stand out to me the most, and that's the Combat Engineers and the Grenadiers. Um, Grenadiers you can no longer purchase, uh, but they are the by far the coolest Death Corps models out there. 
Uh, a Grenadier is basically the Death Corps version of the Stormtrooper. They have the hotshot blast guns. They have the extra carapace armor. And most notably, they have a skull um, on their mask. Um, and the reason being is uh, when you become a Grenadier and you don't become a Grenadier by choice, uh, it just happens. They read you the rites of death before you uh, go to do battle because the attrition rate of a grenadier unit is like 92 percent uh when you send grenadiers off to go a fight basically none of them are coming back and if they do they immediately get promoted um so they wear that skull symbol uh skull on their mask as a symbol of that is a dead man already this person behind this mask doesn't exist they're not coming back uh the combat engineers they are kind of similarly equipped they have carapace armor and their role as uh, sappers they blow up um enemy well, trenches real quick on the pause yes. on that uh, sure. for everybody with it the death corps are siege specialists so that's yes this goes into the whole the they are the siege guys so yeah continue. sorry we didn't no, you're good, we, we just decided to blow over that that's like a big deal of why they have all this kind of things in their in the army itself because yeah, they are they're, they're, they're big uh big on making trenches holding their own lines and then doing uh the creeping barrages before they start sending guys over and the grenadier is reminiscent of the stormtrooper um during the trench warfare of world war one and kind of world war two this like idea of elite uh soldiers that have a little bit more armor and a little bit more equipment uh to go and take over uh, enemy trenches uh in theory it didn't really work very well and i think that's why they factored that into the casualty um rate for grenadiers um and then same thing with the engineers it's uh counter trench warfare they make trenches fast uh they uh cut razor wire uh, they have shotguns that have two different rounds, and my favorite uh, of their rounds is the corpse shot. Back in the day, um, they basically had plasma rifle shotguns, and then um, they had acid gas grenades that, on the tabletop, used to like wound anything that wasn't a vehicle on twos, and they were AP two, I think, and they were flat two damage. So you could like pop these dudes up and then give them the order to. Uh, throw all their grenades instead of one guy throwing a grenade and you can just melt stuff with it it was very fun um those two units in my opinion other than death riders are truly iconic death core units so i love that about them and one of the things that i really really like is these entire worlds that are dedicated i mean krieg itself that's just what you do i mean obviously they're a, li a little bit. I say they give them a little bit, five percent more dedication to Psycho. But like, you have these. That's just what everybody does. Everybody that you know is trying to become a soldier of the Imperium, and that's wild in and of itself. That this an entire world. That's what they're in charge of. <laughs> what are you doing, Krieg? Well, you're a soldier, and I don't know why else you would be doing anything else. Yeah, you're three percent, um, man. <laughs> but it's more like 97 percent. yeah except if you're you part that. of the three if you're part of the three percent you're like running the government and training the the new like newly born recruits on how to do the warfare that you're supposed to do um they share a lot with kadia in that sense when they are almost fresh out of the womb they're training or you're like frank the breeder he's just a dude who, put, who pumps out uh, kids 
So actually, um, it's fun that you bring that up. There has been like they've like kind of hinted that the majority of the Creek soldiers are men, and that uh, they might use cloning to make their soldiers. They might use this thing called a Vita womb to make their soldiers. Um, there's a good possibility that there is no real breeding going on. Yeah. Uh, they are, they are in a dead world. <laughs> yeah. So and, um, and they still managed to put out a ridiculous amount of soldiers. Mm-hmm. So they've never like 100% confirmed uh, how these soldiers come about, but mm-hmm. they've hinted multiple times. It's either through cloning or through, I guess, artificial or artificially making people. Is that common with other Imperial Guard? No, no, that is not. It's actually I don't know if it's like looked down upon, but it's not the case. Like Cadians, the world of Cadia, people would make kids and then a lot of those kids would be a part of the guard. Even I mean, they had their whole uh, unit, the White Shields. Those were conscripted, you know, 14, 15 year olds that would be used as shields for the main soldiers. And if you survive that, hey. You're you're an honorary Cadian. Um, with Armageddon, they just grab people that live in the gangs on Necromunda and other high cities, and they push them into service. Um, I can't think of other regiments and how they recruit, but it's it's just not the same at all. So I'm gonna have to go to my favorite guardsman because they did rescue him in one of the stories, which is my boy Kaifus Kane. Oh, did they really? Yeah, in Fecundia, they he got shot down. Him and uh, his sidekick. Why am I blanking on that? I'm gonna have to immediately look that up. Oh, Farrick. Um, yes. We need the board master in chat there. Please comment on it and yell at Brad for not knowing it. <laughs> I, I I do love it, but that was on uh, Fecundia. So they he got shot down, and the uh, the Death Corps had to coming in and basically grab him (laughs) as part of that defense because that was when the uh high fleet kraken was attacking there oh it's very neat i don't read i don't read too many books uh unfortunately but uh for this specifically i did actually read a dead man walking that is one of the premier death corps uh books it gives you another look into their society and you've been talking a lot about commissars and how the way that a commissar works in the death corps is more of a liaison between two regiments that they have to work together. Uh, they're not there for morale because death corps don't run. Uh, they rarely ever have to execute their, their men. So they're more there to be a, um, uniting presence and in dead men walking. That's, they've actually got a commissar in that book who does that exact, um, how do you say that exact rule? Um, he's a, I can't remember his name, but he more or less, there's no way his name is Custillon. <laughs> no, he it's is. not that guy, but, um, God, no, I was oh, just... it, it is Custillon. Yeah, it is Custillon. Custillon was there and, um, he had to keep the Krieg, uh, commander, the one who was in command of, uh, not only the death Corps but also the, the planet's PDF, from executing the planetary governor like more than once and um it's really unfortunate because like this guy had a family this commissar had a family um and he ends up (laughs) he ends up getting taken uh captive by these enemies who are worshiping the 
Necrons who are, are rising up from the planet's uh, underbelly um, as iron gods. And so they take him, uh, you know, they capture him and stuff. And he thinks, oh, it's going to be fine. You know, these guys are crack shots. And um, much like how the Death Corps treat their own soldiers, they treated this commerce the very same. They shot right through him to get rid of the enemy. Oh, yeah, like, and it wasn't as well good of his death as we could have had. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was holding the, the guy there, you know, inadvertently. So, I mean, it was a way, good way to go. Actually, it's funny. In that book, uh, there are our protagonist who is just this random dude uh, sees the Death Corps fighting against the Necrons. And one guy like gets his he gets shot and his his body starting to deatomize and so he runs up and basically bear hugs a necron warrior and the guy behind him has a melted gun and shoots through that guy and the necron warrior just to get rid of him and they are all, <laughs> like basically every time some dude would run out of ammo he would go and bear hug a, a necron warrior just so that they couldn't move around and to get rid of him like the death core hardcore what what is so here's something I didn't this is kind of a sidetrack, but aren't the Necrons like this metal? So how are they so weak? Because they're like super weak in combat, right? Like like I think a guardsman's like as strong as one in like a in a hand-to-hand fight. So they they repair themselves. That's like the whole thing is like, hey, if they're weak, they get knocked out, they'll self-repair. And that's why the killing of them with a melted gun was so important because there's nothing to repair when everything is just slag. So that they were in, uh, using a lot of melted guns in that combat. The the regular siege uh, warfare was not working out. Can't nanobot that liquefied bro. I'm just thinking about like Blake Blake Law running out to a Necron, like a metal dude just hugging it and be like, ah, you're gonna no, like, Yeah, well, see, here's the thing. You're not part of Krieg. You gotta psych up a little bit. You gotta want it more, Blake. I'm gonna psych myself up to join Krieg, man. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go crazy. I'm gonna go full on crazy before next episode. so uh what you're gonna have to do then blake you're gonna have to get like a couple guys you know 10 dudes including you and then you're gonna want to split the party right and have food in the center it's just enough for half the team and then you fight over it and the winner the winner's krieg yeah krieg Mm -hmm. well speaking of winner of anything what let's get to for um, i'm gonna go because blake was like i I haven't even heard of krieg before <laughs> what for you will is the go-to if someone was going to go describe death core of krieg in one battle what's that what is that one battle that goes down it's it's the siege of rax um specifically for me i, I can't remember the exact conflict it was but there's a uh, fight where um it's like the third or fourth push and they had to uh, get to the outer wall and it, blow up a bunker. I want to say to create like a beachhead to move their fort, uh, fort operating base to that spot, right? And um, there's this guy who, uh, he, like most Kriegers, don't really have like long names. They have a designation on what number they were that was born, and then like a moniker. In this case, this is Venner. Um, that's his name. Hold on, there he is, and he was i want to say he was a watchmaster so basically a sergeant of uh a squad and he's leading the charge right and he he gets shot in the head but his helmet protects him and then he gets shot in the leg but he keeps going and he gets to the um 
and gets to the bunker and gets downstairs. They're clearing a bunch of dudes. He's losing guys left and right. And he holds this doorway against enemy flamers um, for like hours and even like just, you know, pushes past that door, kills the guys there, steal their flamers and then hold the line. And he holds it for, what is it, three days? And because of his efforts, the Death Corps got their first beachhead to push into the inner parts of the city of Rax. And they dragged Venner's, um, not his, he wasn't dead, but they dragged his body out. He was still alive. This guy ended up um, being uh, press ganged into helping the Inquisitor, who eventually lands on Rax to cleanse the soul. Um, And I want to say that he goes on to... um, die uh, against some necrons in the orphean war but he's in two of the imperial armor um books and he was actually the named character you used to be able to take no dude that see that's crazy i love some of the like the super crazy stories about that one of the, the wild things about it is the death corps have actually been in a bunch of the biggest wars like they were part of the third war of armageddon with they were Gazgol. Um, they've been against the, the weird thing is, is that a lot of the the guard specifically fight against one type of thing. They're known for it. They fought against the orc wars. They fought against, you know, Tyranids and stuff like that. The, the Creed guys have actually been all around everywhere. And in, they're a little bit different of that as they fought in so many different fights, as in they fought against Tyranids. They fought against Necrons. They fought against chaos. So. They actually fought against Tal. They oh, did they? Out. Oh, that's right. Uh, in the Exodite. Yeah. Yeah. And, they, and that was part of uh, the Taros campaign. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they they uh, worked with the, um, oh my God, the the Lawrence of Arabia Regiment. Yes. The, the Talarn. The Talarn. Talarn, yeah. So what is, that's the thing is, like, they're a little bit different than a lot of, and there's others that have done it, but like, a lot of Imperial Guard uh, famous regiments and things of the nature have been in just they fight this one thing because they fight at one side. But the the Krieg, the Death Corps Krieg, have been against all of these different uh, Xenos and different threats and chaos itself uh, throughout their their stories. They actively ask for the worst war zones so that they can be martyred in glorious combat, even though, once again, they don't see it as glorious. They just see it as necessary. So it's actually cool. Um, one of the things that that they do is whenever they receive medals, they they don't believe they deserve medals for bravery, heroism, um, uh, calls beyond uh, or actions beyond the call of duty because that's expected of them. They just don't don't care for it. That's just wild in and of itself. Yeah. Let's do, let's, let's put a bookmark here for a blank bookmark for uh, the Talarians. Because they're my favorite uh, looking girl guard. Oh, yeah. so, cool, cool. so let's let's do an episode down the road. Uh, maybe maybe not next or one after that, but you know down, down the road. Mark, love everything about that. Yeah, because those malls are sweet. They look really cool. I don't know too much about them, but I know one story that was in the eighth edition uh, guard codex that makes me really hate gray knights. I hate them so much. They're such dickheads. 
you know what? I have to know this. We're doing a. It doesn't matter. It's part. I know it's part. It's death. It's deathcore creating deathcore night. But we'll but, talk about. Okay. Let's let's sure. get, get us. We need a side. Come on. That was a bad rant yeah. right there. We got to get. So that. so there was a conflict on what is essentially another desert planet, right? Um, that Nurgle was corrupting the planet, and so the Talarn were sent there, and they were they were confined to their vehicles. They had to sit in their tanks. They had to sit in the like the Lumrusses and the Chimeras and stuff, right? Because if they got out of the tanks, they would immediately die of like cancer because the radiation was so bad. But they're like the hit and run, you know, tank regiment, or you know, like that's what they do. They do hit and runs, right? So they partnered up with the Grey Knights to knock out these uh, the, this this Nurgle corruption. Well, they win the the Talarn and the Grey Knights. They win, but because the granites are really secretive and you can't like let a lot of people who've been around chaos corruption survive the granites immediately turn their guns and kill all the talarn guys and then carved their names as heroes into the granite armor it's fucking stupid i really hate granites like just let them live they they <laughs> they're normal dudes they got the job done against insurmountable odds just let the guys live it's so stupid they killed blake brad and will yep they got us Fucking got it. Glad you're in the warp. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Um, do you guys want to know the how a a death core reaches um, like martial status? All yeah. Of, well, yes, more and yes. Okay. So you know it's kind of hard to climb the ranks as a death core. You start off as a normal dude, and then if you survive your first engagement, uh, which not a lot of people do, you become a watchmaster. You become basically a sergeant of the squad. Survive your next engagement. Hey, look at that! You got now you're a uh, grenadier. You survive as a grenadier. You go back as a watchmaster for a grenadier. Uh, you survive that. Guess what? You're promoted into the death rider. Uh, you know the cavalry uh, bit, which comes with its perks because you don't have to wear those terrible normal boots. You can actually wear the rider boots that are comfy. Um, you survive that. You become a sergeant. Survive that. You get to be put into a uh, command squad survive that you start be uh getting uh the ability to command a regiment and then if you survive that you be you you become a marshal and um as the guys survive they pick up little bits and pieces from the equipment that they um previously worked with um when you go all the way to the the top of the line um you get to keep those riding boots that you uh were given as a death rider um you get to <laughs> What is it? The administratum gives you one of those nice jackets to point you out as a uh, as a distinguished figure, even though it offers no um, protection whatsoever. No protection. <laughs> exactly. And like you have to have your medal showing even, you know, like it's basically they're forced to wear this jacket. You get the cool helmet. Um, you get a gas mask that's lighter and doesn't have the tube because you're not supposed to be in engagements. So you have like uh, canisters instead of um the attachment to either the bag or the back of your um armor um life is kind of easy at the very top um but the person who is wearing all of that only wants one thing and that's atonement and they still have yet to get it kind of like a slayer from uh, dwarves oh you know as my people as a honorary dwarven master here <laughs> i'm very i'm very close to the ground but uh that's and I love that because that is how we'll go into the fantasy players. The, the better of a slayer you are, the more angry you are that you didn't reach your death. Because you start, 
you'd go troll slayer giant slayer <laughs> dragon, dragon slayer yeah. dragon slayer kept going up and you're you're effectively like why can't i die <laughs> this is nonsense <laughs> you're like you got too good you can't get the death that you're looking for which is a- i have i have an adepticon team idea based on um the death core philosophy actually i think all go buy the nicest ugg boots we can get and we just wear nothing but ugg boots and we do a death riders of krieg um cosplay only if you actually ride a horse into adepticon as part of the cosplay we're we're, we're, we're not wearing pants we're not wearing pants no shirts it's just like a like a i don't know like a like a krieg thong of some sort and then then, um, thong Creek thong and uh, Ugg boots. I love that this is where we hit the episode. We hit pretty hard, and then we we as we start to tailor off, we go into deathcore thong and Ugg boots. <laughs> I'm I feel that people are going to message us and say, "I will give you money to do that." <laughs> There's no stopping this train now. I see it, Will's eyes. He's in. <laughs> oh no, man! I I don't I don't know if I can do it, dude. <laughs> Well, it's a winning idea. Let's go, you know, with one more on this because we want I want to hit the stories. We had Jordan, we had the 83rd. Give me one of the other regiments and give me a good story, which is one of those when you're putting that army together, you're painting and you're getting you're getting your death corps ready. What's one of the, the regiments that you're thinking of when you're getting your guardsmen ready for <sighs> tabletop? So that's the that's the unfortunate thing for me is whenever I do my own stuff, I base it off of something that isn't in the the 40k um, well nothing that's inspired by anything from from Warhammer. I want my dudes to be my own guys. If I had to though, um, I want to say it's the 143rd Death Corps Regiment, and it's just because I like the colors, uh, not necessarily because I like uh, what they accomplished, but they were a part of Brax. Um, I want to say that they had the the nice uh, gray and white colors. Uh, for me personally, my death core painted like the um, hell gas from Killzone. Have, have either of you guys played that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Indeed, I have. Yeah, that, that game's sweet. The game's cool as folk. And I love the uh, just the muted color aesthetic with these bright glowing uh, red eyes. And the governments are kind of the same. They throw their people into the... Uh, the meat grinder for minimal games. See, it's funny because you said the you know the the legendary guys that started it, but when I thought the death oh, core, third, yeah, I go to the uh, the one eighty sixth, which are the guys that were we, as a lot of engagements with the Necrons were where they find out that they're accidentally on a tomb world. Oh yeah, and they just keep getting in engagements as the the tomb world is awakened and so these guys okay 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 yeah yeah it's just i don't know why but that's like the one of the first things that i saw when i was introduced to these guys i didn't catch it the 186 is the regiment that takes place um that participates in dead men walking i want to say that the um the krieg the book that is named krieg uh, probably has them in it too supposed to be like a they've been in a lot of yeah yeah but they, they've been in a lot, that, that is the, when I, because I've been in 40K forever, but it's one of the, when I first got it, the guys that I learned to play with 
were a bunch of guard players. So I oh, okay. guard lore from back then, and they had specific, you know, the regiments of this is supposed to be the 186 and things of that nature. But it was pretty wild because some of these guys have been in like some pretty wild legendary engagements. Mm-hmm. And even though they're just, you know, fearless guys, they've had so many people that f- have fought in so many different, <laughs> in, you know, crazy engagements. It's even though they're striving basically for that honor, I guess not honorable death, duty death, uh, so many of them could be considered crazily lucky too though you've had all these yeah. guys that just are doing whatever it takes and then they just keep pulling out over and over again you're like i don't know if you've got the the ultimate lucky rabbit's foot or what but you're still alive so i think that's like that that that's a good way of um characterizing venner and uh colonel tybork uh, some of these guys who have survived like multiple battles, like what was the the quote in um in a war of where the uh, what is it in war where the younger dead uh, fear the the old or something like that? What, what is that quote? There's a quote basically saying like you should be afraid of older people when there is a wartime because they clearly have seen some shit and they're the most dangerous people. Uh, to deal with was it there's also the quote it's like what hard times breed soft people what is it? Like that, yeah. yeah hard yeah, times yeah, breed hard men it. hard men uh breed soft times soft times breed soft men soft yep. men uh, breed hard times, hard times. Yeah. It, there's none of that in Greek though it's no, just it's hard, times. Hard, hard times it's just hard times builds hard men and there's more yeah. hard times <laughs> grab grab a gun you'll be grab okay <laughs> actually you, so have any of you guys played a dark tide yet? No, I have not. I want to on that. Yeah. So the, I'm trying to remember which forge world it is. Um, I don't want to say it's the Artemia forge world, but basically the, um, the last gun pattern that they have, um, is in dark tide and it's really neat. It has a bayonet, um, and it has an overcharged, uh, ability where if you hold down the trigger, uh, it'll punch through harder, um, uh, armor carapace armor essentially um and it's never been like hinted upon in the lore but i thought that was really neat addition to um just another neat little layer to the death core where of course they have weapons that they can overheat at the detriment to their own lives just to get an iota of um <laughs> just for spite basically yeah essentially because because that's why yeah yeah sure this gun just melted in my hand yeah good to hear i killed that guy over there though He's done. Well, you kind of touched on it to start the episode or throughout the episode, actually. But what if if someone um, was going to be like, I want to learn more, what would be your best resources? I'm going to say probably Imperial Armor books are good ones for the yep. Death Corps. So the Imperial Armor book, uh, the Siege of Rax, the one that has uh, rules for both the Death Corps and the um, Lost and the Damned, is what I found to be the um, quintessential Death Corps book um it has uh bits and pieces on the the founding of the the regiment it's got um neat little tidbits on how they're uh how do you say how they're armored uh, how they're designated what their mentality is um it even has like the bits and pieces of uh, a death core uh soldier kind of has like dark humor that's their whole thing is like fatalistic humor um so they'll you know there'll be a hill that a bunch of dudes ended up dying on and they'll just call that death hill you know um 
and they think it's funny. Like that's how they, they get by and whatnot. Um, it talks about, you know, just all the different facets of the army, long lost, uh, units that they no longer print like the quartermaster everything that you want to know is in here and how they're even equipped um yeah man i I love that in the game though because you get people that are very very fluff oriented and historical well historical from 40k you know what i mean yeah but there's like a lot of people like the the individual stuff that you're talking about right now is a big deal when you look very closely at people that are great artists with that and they'll make sure that they have the proper designations on each and every squad depending on who they are there's some very nice armies out there that's where i wish we did some video on that because i do have pictures of some like amazing uh death Gore creek armies so two th- two things one to comment on on your thing um one of the ways that they designate uh, a regiment, like what their the regiment's colors are, not necessarily the garb, but there's this this little pattern on the left lapel of their trench jacket that has two colors. Um, normally, like in this case for the what is this? This is from the 143rd Siege Regiment. This guy here, he's got um, a red triangle that is outlined in black, and that's the regiment's colors. And there are people that I've seen, I can't do it because it's way too small of a, uh, on the model, but they'll paint the regimental colors on the left lapel of the jacket. It's it's very cool. And if you see play against somebody who has that, they know their stuff. Also, their their weapon um, pattern is Lucius. Their stuff comes from the Forge World Lucius. Ah, that's yeah. cool. I'll say, Blake knows some of those because you have Lucius pattern stuffs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do indeed. Well, what else? You got anything else for us, Will? Um, the last thing that um, I could talk about is the quartermasters. Uh, that's like a, a a Krieg unit that I didn't think about, but does come to mind. Um, just because they, I don't think that they've had rules since the conversion to Eighth Edition. But a quartermaster. Yeah, I was about to say I don't think they have anything modern because I haven't. I don't remember them at all in the last three editions to be perfect now. Yeah. So a quartermaster, their whole role, they're kind of like a non-combat unit. Uh, but what they do is at night um, when, you know, the enemy is sleeping and uh, there's very few people that are on overwatch, a quartermaster will take his couple of servitors out to the, you know, battlefield and look for pockets of dead guys. And they'll either find, you know, kind of wounded uh, Kriegers and patch them up if they're too far gone. They'll read the rights of um, of death to them, and then they'll shoot them. And then what they do is they collect all of the gear off the dead bodies, and they get patched up and sent back home so that they can, uh, you know, gear up the next wave of Kriegers. It's very reminiscent of what they were doing in World War One Germany, uh, where they would collect the coats and the gear from dead soldiers and try to stitch them up as best they could and hand them out to new recruits one of the best examples is uh all's quiet on the western front if you want to watch a movie that feels like death core go watch that movie it's awesome love it nice yeah that's pretty cool it's pretty sweet well guest user it was great having you on guest user one sorry i gotta get your full name <laughs> yeah, there well, um, just say, it's yeah, great to be too. on uh, well, uh, I'm looking forward to the next one we bring you on. We'll we'll find your. I'm gonna we're gonna tap into your other love, and uh, we'll get you on another episode here shortly. Fantastic! So, Thank you for having me. 
Awesome. Thanks, everybody. Join us next time. Make sure to tech, check out all of Death or Glory's awesome content. And we are out. Fluffy DOG has created an affiliation with Death or Glory Gaming. This show is produced by Blake Law Studios. Go and show your support at Blake Law Studios' Patreon page. Our editor is Seamus Rowan. Opening song was also created by Seamus Rowan.